0: Thank you for being uh, here. If you're a guest, we're so thankful that you're here to worship with us. We're going through this study. We're going to have uh, our study continue this morning. Uh, We'll change next week, of course. Uh, But if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Acts chapter 19, and we're going to continue on in the church. Got a bunch of young people over here. They uh, are all half asleep. So, uh, no, they, they had a great weekend. Uh, at their together conference and they uh, I think they wore them out but they had a good time and so I know some of you uh, maybe several of you were praying for them thank you for them Uh, those prayers Uh, man we need our young people to be strong in the Lord Uh, there's a there's a a fierce enemy out there who is uh, not willing to stop and uh, I know that many of you are up to speed with what's going on in our world and specifically our nation and man the enemy is after those kids he is after the young people, and so we need uh, strong families in the Lord. We need a strong church, and we're thankful that we have a strong youth ministry that preaches the truth, and uh, I'm so thankful for our, our youth pastor and his wife and, and uh, the leaders there that help there. Again, we, we need to, to do this together. That's, the, that's God's design is the family and the church, and uh, that, that should be uh, how, we, how we get through this, and these young people are set up for uh, success in the world according to God. So, amen. So last week we were challenged with um, and encouraged hopefully in the Word with with this point. We got one out of the two that we had. The the point was this, the will and the want will be tested, but we must continue faithfully in love. Um, And this is something that is is vital for us to get, vital for us to grab hold of. And um, it is this, love must be the driving force in everything we do. matter of fact, Scripture says that, let everything you do be done in love. And so we should, we should understand that everything in our life should be driven by the love. As Christians, should be driven by the love that God has given to us as His people, the love that dwells in us because the Holy Spirit dwells in us. Um, and and I, I believe this is the case. I believe that Scripture tells us that love is the barometer for most of our issues. Um, we, can, we can say, what are, what are you talking about? Well, I think when relationships aren't right, whether they be a marriage relationship or a relationship in the church or whatever the case may be, I believe that love should be checked. We should make sure that, that, our, that our love is, is right uh, there when, when our serving isn't right. In other words, whenever we have a hard time showing up to do what we're privileged to do for the King of Kings, we have a hard time showing up to, to do what God has afforded us, the the again, the blessing to serve him in and to serve the church in. When, when we're disgruntled or when we're murmuring or we don't like, you know, we don't want to do it, I think we need to check our love. I, I believe, again, love is the barometer. When we're doing this right now, we gather to worship our king, when we're worshiping the Lord of lords and the king of kings, our Savior, the one who laid down his life, when when this isn't right, when we don't want to, worship Him with all of our heart and we don't want to show up and connect with His people. When, when, when those things are off, I believe our love should be checked. It's the greatest virtue, the Bible says. You got faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love, it says. I believe that love, according to Scripture, is the birthmark of every Christian. Think about that. I believe that love, our love for God and our love for each other, is our birthmark. It's unique. Love covers a multitude of sins, it bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things. Love from God that dwells in us is something that's unique in every other, it's unique to the church than than every other thing in the world. Every other relationship, every other body, every other organization, every other relationship, the love that Christians have is absolutely, absolutely unique. The Bible tells us that love is the glue of unity. Whenever we're not in unity, we should check our love. I believe that love is the engine of faithfulness. Why do you keep showing up? Why are you here no matter what? Well, you can do it out of obligation, but that that, that leads you to a place what, what people call burnout. That love keeps you faithful. It's the engine of faithfulness. Our desires, our emotions, our relationships, our service every single thing in our life as the people of God will all be tested, both individually and collectively. It's all going to be tested. But the charge we have in Scripture is to continue faithful in love. Again, like this missionary team we've been looking at, led by Paul, faced this. And I said this last week, and I'll remind you of it this week. The vital element for every Christian is what gives us sticking power. It's what, it's, what, it's what helps us in, in our marriages. It's what helps us in our homes. It's what helps us, again, in our service for the Lord and in our, in our unity with one another. It's, it, it's, it's what gives us sticking power. It's what gives us forgiving power. It's what gives us gold, silver, precious stones that we build our life on as we serve the Lord. It's what gives us rewards that will last the fire of God's evaluation at the judgment seat of Christ. Versus being a church and serving without this, and therefore building with wood, hay, and stubble. So you can show up every week and you can, you can serve, but if it's not because of love, you're building with wood, hay, and stubble. And you'll, you, you'll lose those rewards in eternity when you stand before the Lord. Again, we have to have the Holy Spirit we talked about. that. We have to have the Holy Spirit as Christians and as Christians, we do have the Holy Spirit to help us. We can walk in the spirit, not the flesh. Yes, we have to have faith. know we talked about this. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But above all, once again, Scripture tells us, we must have love. Amen. Sincere love, even when we are rejected, even when the gospel is rejected. And that's what the main point was last week. We, we know hearts are going to grow cold. We know people that we share with are, are going to reject it. They're going to reject us. They're not going to want to hear us. They're not going to be friends with us anymore. Even when disobedience in our world and around us becomes the norm, love sticks, love endures, love perseveres. If you remember, Paul had tried to reach those in the synagogue, both Jews and Greeks, and, and he was preaching with them and for for a few months, and eventually the Bible says that their hearts grew cold. They grew hard. They didn't want to hear what Paul had to say anymore. They didn't want to hear about Jesus anymore. They didn't want to hear the gospel anymore. And so they begin to not only grow hard against the gospel, they began to attack the way, the gospel, the message that was being preached. They began to attack that and attack that team. And so it became an obvious shut door for the apostle Paul. He he realized, alright, so this 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 ministry, this opportunity that I've been serving in for these last three months is, is closed now. So, what do they do? We saw what they did. We've already talked about the fact that I believe they were motivated by love. Paul says that in Corinthians, that it was the love of Christ that constrained them. It compelled them to continue on, regardless of the adversity they were facing, regardless of the affliction they were facing, regardless of the struggle and the betrayal and all the things that they faced. Love compelled them. The love of Christ compelled them. So what they did there in in, in Ephesus, they said, you know what? All right, so so this door is shut. This opportunity to share the gospel is done. So we're just going to shift gears. And so they ministered for two years in the school of Tyrannus. We saw this in verse 8. And when he entered in the synagogue, he continued speaking out boldly for three months. This This is what happened with the rejection. And reasoning, persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some were becoming hardened and disobedient, speaking evil of the way before the people, he withdrew from them and took away the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. This took place for two years the Bible says so that all who lived in Asia heard the word of the Lord both Jews and Greeks. Point number two from last week is our first point this week and it's this, the way will be rejected but it doesn't negate our devotion to it. The the gospel is going to be rejected over and over and over again by people that we love, by people we don't know, by, 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 by friends that we have, by uh, co-workers, neighbors, uh, again, strangers alike. We know that the way will be rejected, but just because people reject the message, just because they reject Jesus, doesn't negate our devotion to it. Like we saw again last week, instead of quitting and giving up because of being frustrated because of the resistance they were facing because people's hearts were growing cold and they were being disobedient and they were becoming very uh, uh, opposing to the message and violent against the message, difficulty caused them to take a shift in ministry, reevaluate. Maybe they, they looked at what they were doing and said, okay, uh, maybe, maybe this is something God is showing us for a reason, and so we need to shift gears, but we still need to stay devoted. Even when it was very clear that the way was being rejected. Ministry may have looked a little different, but the mission and the message never changed for them. And the same is true for us. i put this in your notes. If you're following along in your notes, ministry may look a little different at times for us. But the mission and the message never change. I, man, I will tell you this. Um, I, I, think, I think most of us like a, a level of comfort. I think most of us, uh, even at times, and I, I preached um, in 2020 uh, uh, several messages on uncomfortable uh, right before our world got really uncomfortable uh, and during our, our world's introduction to uncomfortable. But um, I, I, I believe that is the case. I believe that most of us, and, and just do like a, a real honest evaluation of your heart and your mind and kind of your life. Think about kind of the, some of the decisions you make and some of the things you do and don't do, uh, some of the, how you weigh out things. In many, many regards, it, 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 it's, it's largely based on how comfortable we are. And, and, I, and I hope and I, and I would b- believe that believers here in this place, in our church, uh, weigh that out with how much peace they have from God in, in it being something spiritual, not just comfortable to their flesh. But I, I'm not naive to think because I know it's a reality in my life. It's a reality in every single one of our lives that we have to battle the, the flesh. We have to, the, the, the spirit is at war with the flesh and so there is no doubt times and situations and even serving God ministry that we look at something and we say well I just don't like that it it doesn't feel good to me it's not comfortable I I don't um, something's different something feels off yes they're going to I mean can you imagine what Paul was experiencing in this time he wasn't even at his home there he was in the synagogue somewhere he went every single city he had gone back to the synagogue here in this city he was he was familiar with this He knew, the Bible said that he had friends there and and, and there was ministry already there, a church established, there was things going on there. And so Paul, there's no doubt, had a, a measure of comfortability, but whenever the rejection came and it became obvious that ministry had to change for him, what did he do? I don't like this anymore. I wish it was like that before. Well, when I was here the first time, I liked it then. I like the church of Ephesus. That's what, that's what I want. No. Paul said, look, the ministry's changing. The door's shut here. I, 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 can't, I can't minister to these people anymore. They're not only rejecting the gospel, they're attacking the gospel. So what I need to do is I need to do what I can do. I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to bail. I'm not going to... Uh, God hasn't told me that. There's, no, there's not a, a clear, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be exactly who I'm supposed to be, where I'm supposed to be, doing what I'm supposed to do. The ministry changed. but The mission and the message never did. He would write to the Corinthian church What is what, what I have grabbed hold of and has brought me so much encouragement. My claim is my life verse, if you will. At the end of chapter 15 in 1 Corinthians, he's, he's already given basically the gospel in a nutshell, and he's talked about the, the, the resurrection. He's, he, and this is what we're going to be looking at next week, uh, specifically in that chapter. And at the end of that whole chapter, after he's given the gospel and as, he, as he's expounded on the resurrection, how important the resurrection is, he says this in verse 58, Therefore, in light of this truth, my brothers, be steadfast, immovable, Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that, you're, that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. I wish I could stand here today and tell you that ministry, for me, has looked the same over the past 23 years. It's coming up on 10 years that I've been the pastor here, and I wish I could say over the past 10 years that ministry has looked the same. But man, it's not. In some ways, there is some similarities in some, in some ways but in many ways, man, there are new faces, and praise God for the new faces. God just continues to bring people to our church, and some have gone, and some have let, you know, th- th- that's just the way that some have gone home to be with the Lord. And man, some, some of the, the, the most difficult seasons of, of ministry has happened in, in the last 10 years. But it doesn't give any right or doesn't give any allowance for me or any of us to quit. Just because ministry looks different and ministry may be more difficult and and maybe there's more obstacles and hurdles and maybe the world looks even more evil and unrighteous and wicked and and maybe all this vile, wicked lies and and poison that's being poured into our world and, again, trying to affect our youth. Again, God has us here for a reason. He had Paul there for a reason. We need to be aware when a, a door is closed to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And not do what's comfortable to us, not what suits our flesh or helps save face, but do what's pleasing to God. What the Holy Spirit is very clearly. Again, I want to say this, make this disclaimer. Anytime, the Holy, anytime you say, well, God's leading me to do this, you better make sure it's God how do you know that i mean i feel like this is what i'm feeling like man you better match it up with scripture you better find either a command some scripture or principles in scripture that support what you feel like the holy spirit is leading you because if it is the holy spirit either it'll it'll be spelled out in scripture clearly or it'll be a principle in scripture very clearly i need to be aware when the door is closed we also need to be careful not to push someone in our own strength because if we continue to try to push in our own strength, we can also push people away. I wish I could tell you that there's been never a time in ministry, <laughs> both witnessing to people and also to, uh, uh, to, to Christians, to believers, that I didn't try in my own strength and end up pushing people away. And I have to be honest with you, maybe a little bit uh, vulnerable to, uh, this morning uh, before you and honest and say, uh, there, there has been times where uh, maybe I could have done something or should have done something, but for fear of pushing someone away, didn't do something. I got to remember that people can harden their heart, and we can't change that. I wish we could. I wish when somebody you know decided you know that their heart was hardened, and and whether it's a Christian and and, and even you know vitally a, a lost person. I mean, if, if, if they shut themselves up to being ministered to or they shut themselves up to the gospel, I mean, I wish we could do something instantly that would change that. But we know the only person who can change a person's heart is the Lord himself. And so it has to be, it has to be the Holy Spirit. And for the lost person, it has to be the gospel. If you're actively sharing your faith with people, uh, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but you know, I mean, you know who you are. Uh, you're, you're talking to that person at your job or you're talking to that family member or you're witnessing to someone on social media or you're having a conversation regularly with, pe- with strangers, you're going around the neighborhood, whatever the case may be, if you're actively and regularly sharing the, the, the gospel, sharing your faith with others, even if you are simply just inviting people to church, which I, man, if you're, if you're a church member, if you're a member of this church, you should be actively inviting people to church. If you're not, what does that say about your Jesus? What does that say about who has changed your life? Wouldn't you want people to meet him? He said, well, I have a hard time talking to people. Invite them to church. That's all we do on Sundays is talk about Jesus. But if you are actively doing this, you know that you get rejected more often than you don't. Now, I, I, again, I can't tell you how many times in the course of, uh, of ministry that I have been witnessing to someone or I have been inviting someone to church. And, and, and some of you around here are going to smile and smirk and maybe even nod your head when I say this because you know it's the exact truth. How many times you've invited somebody? How many times you've witnessed some, to somebody and invited them and they seem so interested and so receptive? And, and at the end of that, you're, you're telling them to come to church and, and this is what they say Absolutely, man, I, I've been looking for a church. I'm gonna come to your church this Sunday and never see them again. (laughs) It can be so discouraging, it can be so defeating. We know that that people not only reject the gospel, but dismiss. But we don't need to grow discouraged in this. Jesus told this in John chapter 14, verse 16, and I'll ask the Father and He'll give you another helper. Listen to these words, to be with you forever even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. The world doesn't know the Holy Spirit. You know Him, for He dwells within you and will be in you. To Timothy it would be written, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but they'll have itching ears, and they'll want to accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And they'll turn away from listening to the truth, and they'll wander off into myths. Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 13, He went out of the house and was sitting by the sea. Large crowds gathered to Him. And so He got into a boat, sat down. The whole crowd was standing on the beach. And He spoke many things to them in parables. And He said this, Behold, the sower went out to sow. And as He sowed, some seeds fell by the road. Other, uh, I'm sorry, and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell in rocky places where it didn't have much soil. And immediately those... Those sprang up because they didn't have depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they died. They withered away. Others fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. Others fell on good soil and yielded a crop, some hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to, uh, to hear, let him hear. Further down in verse 18, he would, he would explain it. He would say, hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom it does not understand it, the evil one, comes and snatches away what's been sown in his heart. This is the one in whom the seed was sown beside the road. Which is heartbreaking, right? Someone hears the gospel, they don't comprehend it, they don't understand it. And the enemy has, has, has license to come and, and steal that out of their life, and, and so they just remain lost. Verse 20, the one, whom's the, uh, the one on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy Man, I wish I could say before you this morning that I've never seen this happen in in, in my life. I've never seen someone hear the gospel and get all excited, even cry tears of of joy and and sorrow and, 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 and go through all the motions of being saved, even go into the baptismal waters, and then as soon as their first trial comes, they're gone forever, never to return to the Lord. This is the man that hears the word immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no firm root in himself. It's only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. The one on whom seed was sown among thorns, this is the man who hears the word. And in the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth, choke out the word and it becomes unfruitful. But then there's a fourth one that's unique to all of the others. It says this, the one in whom seed was sown on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it and indeed bears fruit and, and brings forth fruit, some 100, some 60, and some 30, but he brings forth fruit. Again, Paul knew the door was closed there. He withdrew the disciples with, with the closed door in their faith, uh, face and then they ministered how they could and where they could. Again, love drove them to continue. Unity fanned the flames of their commitment. And the result was that the word of the Lord Jesus Christ was heard by all who dwelt in Asia Minor, both Jews and Greeks. Did you hear that? Think about it again. The door was closed, they just had to, together, shift ministry. Love drove them to continue through the hardship. And their unity fanned the flames of their commitment to stick with it, and God blessed it. The word of the Lord Jesus Christ was heard throughout all of Asia, the Bible says, because of their love, because of their commitment, because of their unity, because they said, you know what, just because it's difficult, just because the door is closed, just because people are rejecting us, just because it's not comfortable anymore. We are going to, that doesn't matter. We're going to stay with what God has entrusted us to do. What a great example to follow. I was at um, last, last Monday night and, and, and all day Tuesday, I was at uh, the Texas um, Bible, Baptist, Bible, Bible, Baptist Bible Fellowship uh, pastors meeting. And uh, the message that was preached the, 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 that night was from Acts chapter 8. And if you've been here, you'll remember what happened in Acts chapter 8. Uh, Philip goes down and preaches in Samaria. This is right after one of his friends, Stephen, was just murdered for for preaching the gospel. Right? His brother, we talked about this, his brother, his friend, had just lost his life for preaching the gospel. Philip goes down to Samaria and does the same exact thing. His friend was just murdered. The preacher said last week, not from cancer or from COVID, but because of Christ, he was murdered. Philip goes down and preaches in Acts chapter 8, verse 5. It says that he began proclaiming Christ to them. The very message, again, that got his friend, his brother. Murdered is what he preached. And you'll remember the church had been scattered before this. Persecution had arose. It was only the apostles that stayed in Jerusalem. But the church was scattered throughout all all of the known world at that point in time. And the Bible says this, that, that those that were scattered preached the word. They preached the gospel. And the result was in Acts chapter 8, verse 8, there was great joy in that city. People were healed, people were set free, people were forgiven, they were saved, their lives were forever changed because of Jesus Christ being preached. Listen, persecution, adversity, difficulty in relationships, loss of loved one, sickness, imprisonment, loneliness, ailments, nothing apparently stopped the first church because why why what was different why why do some people in today's church why do some people leave why do some people stop why do some people go back why do some people pull back what what's the difference what's going on in our world what's different now than it was then listen i i want to encourage you some people say yeah but our world today is a lot more difficult than it was then i have i i don't know anybody in my life. I mean, I know it happens around the world, but I don't have anybody in my life, nor have I ever been stoned for Jesus Christ. I don't know anybody, nor have anybody in my life never known anybody who's been beaten with a cat of nine tails for Jesus Christ. I don't know anybody who's been thrown in prison for Jesus Christ. Again, I, I can read stories and I don't know what happens. It's, it's going on around the world. It still does. But in our context, our world, I don't know anybody like that. I, listen, I don't know anybody in, 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 my, in my current world and in, in, in my whole life, I've never known anybody who has been shipwrecked at sea as they're trying to share the gospel. I know people have been delayed at airports. But sitting in an air-conditioned airport is a little bit different than being shipwrecked at sea. I don't know anybody like that. So we say, <coughs> excuse me. We say that our world is a lot more difficult to live in and to be a Christian now than it was then. And I'm thinking, I think that we got a way reversed. Was different. Was very clear to me. We read scripture and in like a book, you can see they had experienced a new birth. They were changed. Jesus Christ had radically transformed their life the Holy Spirit had invaded their soul and was driving every bit of what they were doing they weren't sinless they weren't perfect but they were absolutely committed to the cause of Christ and so many of us are absolutely committed to our own comfort and our own agenda. Again, their minds, their hearts, their desires, their thoughts had all been transformed by Christ. And while they still suffered and struggled, while they dealt with the world and the flesh and they had to constantly battle sin just like we do, while the message and the gospel of Jesus Christ was often rejected, still they clearly stayed devoted to it and so should we. See, Jesus is the one, the only one who has the power to transform. Jesus has chosen his people, the ones who have been transformed to accomplish His work. Listen, church, look, we can't mail it in. If you're just showing up for church on Sunday mornings, please hear me. Look, that's not enough. It's not enough. That's not why you're still here. Look, this is important so that we all hear the same thing, so that we're all reminded, this is what, this is what we're doing right now, is what has been commanded, is what the church has done since Jesus was walking with His 12 disciples. This is what we should be doing, but this isn't all we should be doing. This is important, but if this is all you're doing for the kingdom, you're missing the whole thing. You can't mail it in. You can't counterfeit your Christianity. You can't abuse it. And you can't use it for sordid gain. gain. The, Jesus, the name of, of all names, the king of all kings is to be preached to all. And, 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 and we've got to share it so that those who, who, who will receive him will receive him. In our study, we see this happen next in verse 11. God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul so that handkerchiefs and aprons were even carried from his body to the sick people, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out. I mean, this was absolutely a supernatural work of God to show that this was God's man. This is what God wanted to do. But also some of the Jewish exorcists, listen to this, I love this, who went out from place to place, attempted to name over those who had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, I adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. <laughs> excuse me, seven sons of one Sceva. The Jewish, uh, G- a Jewish chief priests were, were doing this. So you got seven, seven brothers that were going around and acting like they were this uh, apostolic gang, and they were not. They were doing it for their own gain. The evil spirit <laughs> answered and said to these seven guys, they were saying, I adore you by, the by Jesus whom Paul preaches to come out of them. And look what happens. The evil spirit answered and said to them, uh, I recognize Jesus, and I know all about Paul, but who are you?" These, these guys were trying to mail it in, they were trying to counterfeit it, they were trying to do it in their own flesh. They, they, weren't, they weren't children of God, they weren't filled with the Holy Spirit, they were doing it in their own strength, and, and the evil spirit mocks them. We know Jesus and we know about, about Paul, but who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit leaped on them and subdued all of them and overpowered them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Uh-oh. That's embarrassing. <laughs> Think about this. This is this is what happens when it's tried to, when, when when the work of God, the gospel is counterfeited this became known to all both jews and greeks who lived in Ephesus, and fear fell upon all them And the name of the lord jesus was being magnified many also of those who had believed kept coming and confessing and disclosing their practices and many of those who practiced magic brought their books together began burning them in the sight of everyone and they counted up the price of them all and they found it to be fifty thousand pieces of silver man god was working an amazing work doing an amazing work so the word of the lord was growing mightily and prevailed Point number two is this, the work of God is undeniable, and, and we, as God's people, are privileged to be a part of it. The work of God is undeniable. I, I, I've, seen, I've seen people's lives changed. I've seen marriages restored. I've seen kids come back to the Lord. I, 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 there's undeniable things that, that God has done that we are able to be witnesses to sometimes. And when you see the hand of God, you know it's the hand of God. There's no greater blessing in life than to be a child of God. I I can't stand here and tell you there's any greater blessing that I have in my life other than, than, again, the greatest one being a child of God. To have sins forgiven. To have the gift of eternal life. And the privilege, the humble privilege of carrying His name and His message to a world that's on their way to hell. And as a member of his family, we are to be his representatives, ambassadors, the Bible calls us. Sent not with our own agenda, not with our own message, but with the king's. That's what ambassadors do. They don't speak their opinions. They don't share their own message. Ambassadors speak the message of the one that they're representing. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if anyone's Christ he's a new creature, old things pass away, behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us uh, to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, in light of this, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. And working together with Him, we urge you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For He says, At the acceptable time I listened to you, and, and, and on the day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now the ac- is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Paul would say, "Giving no offense for, uh, uh, I'm sorry, giving no cause for offense in anything, so that the ministry will not be discredited. But in everything, committing ourselves as servants of God in much endurance, in afflictions, in hardships. Listen to this: in distresses, in beatings. Again, I don't know anybody who's done this. Imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, and hunger, and purity, and knowledge, and patience, and kindness, and the Holy Spirit, and genuine love." And the word of truth, and the power of God, by the weapons of righteousness, for the right hand and the left, by glory and dishonor, by evil report and good report, regarding as deceivers and yet true, as unknown yet well known, as dying yet behold we live, as punished yet not put to death, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing all things. He said, "Man, God allows us to serve Him." In every situation. A pastor this past week in that same conference said this about serving God in the ministry, about being ambassadors. He said this, please hear this. If you're a child of God, you're to be serving God. And it's important for us to remember it's a battleground, not a playground. We're on a battleship. We're not on a cruise ship. That's what it is. While we have great blessings, and even especially here in America, The temporal ones in this life, we have to remember this. We haven't made it to our cruise ship yet. We haven't boarded that cruise ship yet. One day, we will, but for now, we must give all for the one who gave all for us. John chapter 9, he passed by and saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked, Rabbi, "Who sinned was it this man or was it his parents? And that's the reason why he was born blind. And Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. We know that there are those outside the family of God who can't partake in the greatness of the work of God until they're actually in it. And so for those of us who are in it, we have this great responsibility, a great mandate to reach them and bring them in. The miracles, the work of God, all of it, the Word of God, multiplying, we're all because the people of God were obedient to the call. And I believe that we can experience the same thing. I just simply believe that we're the ones that stand in the way. As I admitted to you a while ago, there's times that Maybe I should have done, done something, but I didn't do something because I was afraid I was going to push someone away. Didn't say something when I should have said something. We've got to be careful. We've got to make sure that we're not trying to, to cruise on the ship versus be at our battle station. We've got to be careful not to be trying to play on the playground versus battling where we should. Let's get together and let's give all. I Man, we have a short time left here it's coming to a close and i believe the results if we'll do that is god working in us and through us and prayerfully we'll see the same thing that we saw read it again and we'll close this became known to all both jews and greeks who lived in ephesus and fear fell upon them all And the name of the lord jesus was being magnified many also of those who believed kept coming confessing and disclosing their practice many of those who practiced magic brought their books together and began burning them in the sight of everyone they counted up the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver so the word of the lord was growing mightily and prevailing i don't know about you but man i would love to see that kind of revival i mean i don't i don't know about you but man i sometimes I get sick of, of seeing articles come across my email, and it's being amplified right now, and I don't want to get political and in the news and all that kind of stuff, but some of the stuff that just seems to be thrown in our face, this gender issue, I love how simple the Bible is. Somebody wants to talk to me about it. Look, it says in here, you can't change this, and, and no matter what narrative comes along, this is eternal. This has been set for all, for all of eternity. The perversion, uh, it, it, it blows my mind what we're facing. But I don't have any doubt that we couldn't see a revival like this. Burning their, 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 their practices, the magic and, and the, 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 the evil and the wickedness, turning into a revival because the Word of God was being preached. The people of God actually believed what they said they believed and then they acted on it because they believed it. I believe if we would do that, the same thing would have result. I believe the reason why we're seeing a lot of what we're seeing in our country right now is because too many Christians in America have been enjoying the cruise ship. Well if I can just oh man. I'm not saying anything's wrong about cruising. I'm talking you, hopefully you got that. That's metaphorically speaking. <laughs> In our Christian life, a oh, great pastor saying we can't take cruises now. No, so I'm saying, as 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 children of God, man, we should be battling. Who, who are you battling for? Whose soul are you battling for? And who are you? Who are you down here praying for every week? That's lost. Who are you in your in, in your prayer closet praying for? That's lost. Who are you inviting to church? Who are you witnessing to? Who are you trying to, to, who are you trying to reach? It's a battle, It's a battleground. It's a battleship. Who are you battling for? Church, let's get busy battling. We could maybe see a turnaround, a revival happen. It won't happen if we're just cruising along. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for allowing us to be this, this place today for the, the opportunity uh, to worship you and to rejoice in you. Lord, to be challenged. Lord, I know... Uh, all of us can do this. And as I've told you already, God, I, I can be guilty a- among all. Uh, Lord, just uh, we, we, we like to find places where it's comfortable. And, and even in ministry, we like to, to, to get to places where it feels comfortable to us. And, and uh, things just seem smooth. And um, we don't have to really battle in any way. We're not fighting. We're not operating in faith. We're just trying to look for a place of comfortability. And um, Lord, I want to say before this congregation, thank you for keeping the nest stirred up. Lord, thank you so much for keeping the bed uncomfortable. Uh, Lord, for, for not allowing me to get to those places all the time. Not, not again, areas of ministry and relationships and, 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 and people who are trying to reach just being difficult. Lord, thank you for the trials. Thank you for the difficulty. We know that. Uh, just as we saw in Scripture today, it's through those, those difficult circumstances and closed doors that you open other ones, and uh, you get glory, and your word goes forth. And so I thank you for that, Lord. Help us uh, to, to just keep battling. Help us to stay together. Help us to give all for you. And help us be busy about sharing the gospel so that people uh, can know you. And I pray you'd help us now to respond in the right way to your word. We'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. As he sings... I want to invite you to come.